0: tales nine through eleven of eskimo folk tales by knut rasmussen translated by w w worster this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by expatriate in bangor maine tale nine isi galigarsik isi galigarsik was a wifeless man and he was very strong one of the other men in his village was a wizard isigali was taken to live in a house with many brothers and they were very fond of him when the wizard was about to call upon his spirits it was his custom to call in through the window only the married men may come and hear and when they who were to hear the spirit calling went out a little widow and her daughter and isigali always stayed behind together in the house once when all had gone out to hear the wizard as was their custom these three were thus left alone together isigali sat by the little lamp on the side bench at work suddenly he heard the widow's daughter saying something in her mother's ear and then her mother turned towards him and said this little girl would like to have you isigali would also like to have her and before the others of the house had come back they were man and wife thus when the others of the house had finished and came back isigali had found a wife and his house-fellows were very glad of this next day as soon as it was dark one called as was the custom that only those who have wives come and hear and isigali Garcic, who had before had no wife felt now a great desire to go and hear this but as soon as he had come in the great wizard said to isigali Garcic's wife come here here when she had sat down he told her to take off her shoes and then he put them up on the drying frame then they made a spirit-calling and when that was ended the wizard said to Isigaligarsik, go away now you will never have this dear little wife of yours again and then Isigaligarsik had to go home without a wife and Isigaligarsik had to live without a wife and every time there was a spirit-calling and he went in the wizard would say ho what are you doing here you who have no wife but now anger grew up slowly in him at this and once when he came home he said that wizard in there has mocked me well but next time he asks me i shall know what to answer but the others of the village warned him and said no no you must not answer him for if you answer him then he will kill you but one evening when the bad wizard mocked him as usual isigali garsik said ho oh, and what of you who took my wife away now the wizard stood up at once and when isigali garsik bent down towards the entrance to creep out the wizard took a knife and stabbed him with a great wound isigali garsik ran quickly home to his house and said to his wife's mother go quickly now and take the dress i wore when i was little it is in the chest there and when she took it out it was so small that it did not look like a dress at all but it was very pretty and he ordered her then to dip it in the water-bucket when it was wet he was able to put it on and when the lacing thong at the bottom touched the wound it was healed now when his house fellows came out after the spirit calling, they thought to find him lying dead outside the entrance. They followed the blood spore, and at last he had gone into the house. When they came in, he had not a single wound, and all were very glad for that he was healed again. And now he said, Tomorrow I will go bow-shooting with him. Then they slept and awakened, and Isigali Garsik opened his little chest and searched it, and took out a bow that was so small it could hardly be seen in his hands. He strung that bow, and went out, and said, Come out now and see. Then they went out, and he went down to the wizard's house, and called through the window, Big man in there, come out now, and let us shoot with the bow. And when he had said this, he went and stood by a little river. When he turned to look round, the wizard was already by the passage of his house, aiming with his bow. He said, Come here and then Isigaligarsik drew up spittle in his mouth and spat straight down beside his feet come here he said then to the great wizard then he went over to him and came nearer and nearer and stopped just before him now the wizard aimed with his bow towards him and when he did this the house-fellows cried to isigaligarsic make yourself small and he made himself so small that only his head could be seen moving backwards and forwards the wizard shot and missed and a second time he shot and missed then isigali garsik stood up and took the arrow and broke it across and said go home you cannot hit and then the wizard went off turning many times to look round at last when he bent down to get into his house through the passageway isigali garsik aimed and shot at him and they heard only the sound of his fall the arrow was very little and yet for all that it sent him all doubled up through the entrance so that he fell down in the passage in this way isigali garsik won his wife again and he lived with her afterwards until death tale ten the insects that wooed a wifeless man there was once a wifeless man yes that is the way a story always begins and it was his custom to run down to the girls whenever he saw them out playing and the young girls always ran away from him into their houses. And when the time of great hunting set in, and the kayak men lived in plenty, it always happened that he shamefully overslept himself every time he had made up his mind to go out hunting. He did not wake until the sun had gone down, and the hunters began to come in with their catch in tow. One day when he awoke as usual about sunset, he got into his kayak all the same and rowed off hardly had he passed out of sight of the houses when he heard a man crying my kayak has upset help me and he rowed over and righted him again and then he saw that it was one of the noseless ones the people from beneath the earth now i will give you all my hide thongs with ornaments of walrus tusk said the man who had upset no said the wifeless man such things i am not fit to receive the only thing i cannot overcome is my miserable sleepiness first come in with me to land said the fireman and they went in together when they reached the place the noseless one said this is the man who saved my life when i was near to death i happened to save you because my course lay athwart your own said the wifeless man it is the first time for many days that i have been out at all in my kayak one beast and one only you may choose when you are on your homeward way and be careful never to tell what you have seen or it will go ill with your hunting hereafter those were the fireman's words and then the wifeless man rode home but when the time for his expected return had come he was nowhere to be seen and the young girls began to rejoice at the misfortune which must have befallen him for they could not bear the sight of that man but then suddenly he came in sight round the point and at once all cried here comes one who looks like the wifeless man then all the young unmarried girls ran into their houses and the wifeless man has made a catch one cried and hardly had the evening begun to fall when the wifeless man went to rest and hardly had the light appeared when the wifeless man went out hunting long before his fellows hardly had the sun appeared in the sky when the wifeless man came home with three seals and his fellow-hunters were then but just preparing to set out thus the days passed for that wifeless man early in the morning he would go out and when the sun had only just begun to climb the sky he would come home with his catch then the unmarried girls began talking together what has come to our wifeless man they said and began to vie with one another in seeking his favour let me let me they cried all together and the wifeless man turned towards them and laughingly chose out the best in the flock and now they lived together "'the wifeless man and the girl, "'and every day there was freshly caught seal-meat to be cut up. "'At last she grew weary and cried, "'Why ever do you catch such a terrible lot?' "'Hm,' said he, "'the seals come of themselves, and I catch them, that is all.' "'But she kept on asking him, and so he said at last, "'It was in this way, once.' "'But having said thus much, he ceased and went to rest. "'But it was long before he could sleep.' and the sun was just over the houses of the village before he awoke and set out next day that day he caught but one seal in the evening his wife began again asking and asking and seeing that she would not desist at last he said it was in this way once well i woke up in the evening and rode out and heard a man crying for help because his kayak had upset and i rode up to him and righted him again and when i looked at him it was one of the noseless ones.' "'It was a good thing you were not idling about by the houses,' said the noseless one to me. "'I had but just got into my kayak,' said I. And thus he told all that had happened to him that day, and from that time forward he lost his power of hunting, for now his old sleepiness came over him once more, and he lost all. At last he had not even skins enough to give his wife for her clothes, and so she ran away and left him.' he set off in chase but she escaped through a crevice in the rocks a narrow place whereby he could just pass now he lay in wait there and soon he heard a whispering inside you go out to him and out crawled a blowfly and said take me i will not take you said the wifeless man for you pick your food from the muck-heaps the blowfly laughed and crawled back again and he could hear it say he will not take me because i pick my food from the muck-heaps "'Then there was more whispering inside. "'Now you go out. "'And out came a fly. "'You may have me,' it said. "'Thanks,' said the wifeless man. "'But I do not care for you at all. "'You lay your eggs about anyhow, "'and your eyes are quite abominably big.' "'At this the fly laughed, "'and went inside with the same message as before. "'Again there was a whispering inside. "'Take me,' said the crane-fly. "'No, your legs are too long,' said the wifeless man. AND THE CRANE FLY WENT IN AGAIN, LAUGHING. THEN OUT CAME A CENTIPEDE. TAKE ME. I WILL NOT TAKE YOU, SAID THE WIFELESS MAN, FOR YOU HAVE FAR TOO MANY LEGS. YOUR BODY CLINGS TO THE GROUND WITH ALL THOSE LEGS, AND YOUR EYES ARE SIMPLY NASTY. AND THE CENTIPEDE LAUGHED A CACKLING LAUGH, AND WENT IN AGAIN. THEY WHISPERED TOGETHER AGAIN IN THERE, AND OUT CAME A gnat. TAKE ME, SAID THE gnat. NO, THANKS. YOU BITE, SAID THE WIFELESS MAN. And the net went in again, laughing. And then, at last, his wife bade him come in to her, since he would have none of the others, and at last he just managed to squeeze his body in through the crack, and then he took her to wife again. "'Comb my hair,' said the wifeless man, now very happy once more. And his wife began and said words above him thus, "'Do not wake until the fulmar begins to cry. Sleep until we hear a sound of young birds.' And he fell asleep." and when at last he awoke he was all alone. The earth was blue with summer, and the fulmar cried noisily on the bird cliff, and it had been winter when he crawled in through the crack. When he came down to his kayak the skin was rotted through with age, and then I suppose he reached home as usual, and now sits scratching himself at ease. Tale 11. The Very Obstinate Man there was once an obstinate man no one in the world could be as obstinate as he and no one dared come near him so obstinate was he and he would always have his own way in everything once it came about that his wife was in mourning her little child had died and therefore she was obliged to remain idle at home this is the custom of the ignorant and this we also had to do when we were as ignorant as they and while she sat thus idle and in mourning her husband that obstinate one came in one day and said you must sew the skin of my kayak you know that i am not permitted to touch any kind of work," said his wife you must sew the skin of my kayak he said again bring it down to the shore and sew it there and so the woman for all her mourning was forced to go down to the shore and sew the skin of her husband's kayak but when she had been sewing a little suddenly her thread began to make a little sound AND THE LITTLE SOUND GREW TO A MUTTERING AND LOUDER AND LOUDER. AND AT LAST A MONSTER CAME UP OUT OF THE SEA, A MONSTER IN THE SHAPE OF A DOG, AND SAID, WHY ARE YOU sewing, YOU WHO ARE STILL IN MOURNING? MY HUSBAND WILL NOT LISTEN TO ME, FOR HE IS SO OBSTINATE, SHE SAID. AND THEN THE MIGHTY DOG SPRANG ASHORE AND FELL UPON THAT HUSBAND. BUT THAT OBSTINATE ONE WAS NOT ABASHED. AS USUAL HE THOUGHT HE WOULD GET HIS WAY, AND HIS WAY NOW WAS TO KILL THE DOG and they fought together, and the dog was killed. But now the owner of the dog appeared, and he turned out to be the moon man. And he fell upon that obstinate one, but the obstinate one would as usual not give way, but fell upon him in turn. He caught the moon man by the throat, and had nearly strangled him. He clenched and clenched, and the moon man was nearly strangled to death. There will be no more ebb, tide, or flood if you strangle me, said the moon man. But the obstinate one cared little for that, he only clutched the tighter the seal will never breed again if you strangle me cried the moon man but the obstinate one did not care at all though the moon man threatened more and more there will never be dawn or daylight again if you kill me said the moon man at last and at this the obstinate one began to hesitate he did not like the thought of living in the dark forever, and he let the moon man go then the moon man called his dog to life again and made ready to leave that place and he took his team and cast the dogs up into the air one by one and they never came down again and at last there was the whole team of sledge-dogs hovering in the air may i come and visit you in the moon asked the obstinate one for he suddenly felt a great desire to do so yes come if you please said the moon man but when you see a great rock in your way take great care to drive round behind it do not pass it on the sunny side for if you do your heart will be torn out of you and then the moon man cracked his whip and drove off through the naked air. Now the obstinate one began making ready for his journey to the moon. It had been his custom to keep his dogs inside the house, and therefore they had a thick layer of ingrown dirt in their coats. Now he took them and cast them out into the sea, that they might become clean again. The dogs, little used to going out at all, were nearly frozen to death by that cold water. They ran about shivering with the cold then the obstinate one took a dog and cast it up in the air but it fell down heavily to earth again he took another and did so and then a third but they all fell down again they were still too dirty but the obstinate one would not give in and now he cast them out into the sea once more and when he then a second time tried casting them up in the air they stayed there and now he made himself a sledge threw his team up in the air and drove off but when he came to the rock he was to drive round this obstinate one said to himself why should i drive round a rock at all i will go by the sunny side when he came up alongside he heard a woman singing drum songs and wetting her knife she kept on singing and he could hear how the steel hummed as she worked now he tried to overpower that old woman but lost his senses and when he came to himself his heart was gone i had better go round after all he thought to himself and he went round by the shady side thus he came up to the moon and told there how he had lost his heart merely for trying to drive round a rock by the sunny side then the moon man bade him lie down at full length on his back with a black sealskin under which he spread on the floor this the obstinate one did and then the moon man fetched his heart from the woman and stuffed it in again and while he was there the moon man took up one of the stones from the floor and let him look down onto the earth. And there he saw his wife sitting on the bench, plaiting sinews for thread, and this although she was in mourning. A thick smoke rose from her body, the smoke of her evil thoughts, and her thoughts were evil because she was working before her mourning time was past. And her husband grew angry at this, forgetting that he had himself but newly bidden her work despite her mourning and after he had been there some time the moon man opened a stone in the entrance to the passageway and let him look down the place was full of walrus there were so many that they had to lie one on top of another it is a joy to catch such beasts said the moon man and the obstinate one felt a great desire to harpoon one of them but you must not you cannot said the moon man and promised him a share of the catch he had just made himself but the obstinate one would not be content with this He took harpoons from the Moon Man's store and harpooned a walrus. Then he held it on the line. He was a man of very great strength, that obstinate one, and managed to kill it. And in the same way, he also dealt with another. After his return from the Moon Man's place, he left off being obstinate and never again forced his wife to work while she was in mourning. End of tales 9 through 11. Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine.